Now may the words of our mouths and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O God, for you are our strength and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning. I bet you have noticed that our readings over the past summer months have been stories about those human ancestors of our faith, about the all-too-human people that God and God in Christ chose to be examples, even the foundations of the Judeo-Christian faith. Today's first reading, where Joseph welcomes and nourishes those same brothers who sought to end his life, is typical of the all-too-human individual behaviors that God seems to be able miraculously to deal with, to partner with, to transform and to use to bless the entire family of the people of God. They are stories brought forth again and again over the centuries, even now, today, as we worship. Stories, stories which somehow keep faith alive and make hope and faith present to us when they are read, present as occurrences that appear in our midst again. They're stories which carry the wisdom that there's something about the remembrance of past blessings that channels new ones, and that somehow Claiming the fact that God has nourished us again and again in all our wildernesses, somehow that allows even channels the faith that God will do it again. Again, in unity with all the people of God. Our gospel reading affirms that these are our ancestors, their family. In our gospel reading, a woman comes and approaches Jesus, and she's told basically she's not family. But she insists that she is. And interestingly, according to the very Gospel of Matthew, with all those names of ancestors that occur in the first chapter, Jesus has at least three Canaanite ancestors. And she is indeed family. And her faith in God's promises is greater at that time in this gospel than even the disciples. And it gets her what she needs. We are all to be fed at God's table. That's our family story. 
Spiritually, we are indeed formed, all psychologists tell us, by all our ancestors. Our individual family stories are often the beginning basis for our religious faith. Our parents can, in the beginning, form our image of what God is like. We are indeed apt, apt to be formed by those who love us and, of course, by those who refuse to. It's all about that godly blessing of belovedness. When I think of my own ancestors, my thoughts invariably go back to a 200-year-old cemetery in Raleigh, North Carolina. It's beautiful, it's peaceful, it's green with hills and brooks. There, the earthly remains of my own great-grandfather and succeeding family generations are interred. It was the place that I first heard my own individual family's stories. When I was a child, there was no perpetual care for cemeteries. All the men had been sent to fight in the Second World War. So on Sunday, we would pack a picnic lunch and go out to the cemetery, all six women together, to care for the family plot. After church, of course. And as we weeded together, thoughts and memories were shared, spoken aloud. I heard first about how on the day my grandmother, who absolutely ruled the family roost, how on the day she was buried, it snowed. And how she would have loved that. For whenever it snowed back then, it seemed she would take the family members by the hand, stand them out on the front steps to see if they could catch the flakes in their hands or even on the tips of their tongues. And it seemed then that her love, that love was still present with and among us softly placed into our hands, falling gently on our shoulders. Then we would cut the grass around my grandfather's large stone given by the members of his 200-man Bible class from church. And it read, Etched in the stone was the saying, he helped every heart that he touched. And someone would then invariably say, bless his heart. <laughs> it's an expression I realize that often escapes my own lips. We're apt to be truly formed by family stories that make love present to us. These stories as well gathered us into a unity 
and sought our common good. And we were truly blessed by that. It was needed. With my own dad away during World War II, we relished activities that unified us in a spiritual sense. It was especially important to us since in my family, no one except my mother and her then very young children attended the same church or even espoused the same Protestant tradition. So while we weeded, after we attended different churches, we would discuss and sometimes even tear apart each and every sermon preached in town on that day. Perhaps that's why I love and am very careful about Bible study and why I can be a little anxious when I preach. <laughs> Yet in spite of our fallibility, somehow, consciously, or just simply by gift, Sharing stories of our common ancestors combined godly blessings with our human qualities and behaviors. By bringing the redeeming past into present day life, even our squabbles over religion blessed us. We are all indeed formed and reformed even reformed by those who love and care for us. And like the ancestors in our scripture today, we are invited to accept and even care for those who have refused to care for us. All of this in light of our own past gifts of unearned godly grace. When we consider that, we may redeem and transform our lives, and maybe even theirs, attempting compassion in the midst of our past and present pain and anger. And I do truly believe this is a communal blessing, seeing those reports of violence on television lately. I am reminded that after caring for our own family ancestors way back then, on the way out of the cemetery, we would often stop by the section in this beautiful, long, hallowed, peaceful place where so many soldiers from the Civil War Battle of Raleigh are buried. On a gentle hilltop, Union are buried alongside Confederate, intermingled with individual equal-sized stones, together at last, all of them. They are gathered around a small stone chapel 
built to honor, to commemorate the compassion of Union General, Yankee General, William T. Sherman. Now that's a true miracle. <laughs> Sherman may be scorned and hated in other southern locations, but in Raleigh, he had marched his troops four miles out of town before he would tell them that Lincoln had been shot that day so that they would not burn our town and destroy our ancestors. That's another one of those things. It's wise and godly to honor and to find ways to carve in stone so that we do not forget what the compassionate action of one human being can do for us all. So, this coming week, think back, claim what it is that has kept you in life and faith, gently wrap yourselves in events and stories of past belovedness, give Give great thanks for it, and while that channel is open, do not hesitate to ask for more. <laughs> we are assured that there is continuing eternal godly wisdom and loving kindness offered for guidance by the God willing and miraculously able to nourish us all and to work in partnership with all two human humans. Amen. <laughs>